Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today we're going to be discussing prioritizing spiritual health in ministry. One of the things that I consistently say both to our New York team and to the apprentices that come and spend 10 months with us in our internship is that if you're going to engage in discipling other people, you first need to be a disciple that's worth reproducing. As we go out to do evangelism and start churches and make disciples, I think it's important that we acknowledge just how exhausting and energy consuming that work is. And I don't I don't think this is me just being a chronic introvert. Um, no matter how much you love people, the attention and the energy that ministry requires eventually leaves every worker drained and needing to return back to the well to fill up spiritually and emotionally. Unfortunately, full time ministry workers can sometimes be the worst about pursuing their own spiritual health as a priority. Uh, in any ministry position, but especially in missions and church planning, there's always going to be another task to be done. There's always another phone call to be returned, another conflict to mediate, another complaint to manage. And I think particularly for supported missionaries, uh, we can often feel guilty or maybe feel lazy for taking time away from work to make sure that we're spiritually healthy enough to work sustainably. And one of the difficulties here is that we're always engaged in seemingly spiritual work if we're on the mission field and in ministry, I mean, we're constantly in church, we're reading the Bible, with people we're praying. And so sometimes we let these aspects of the job supplement what is actually needed for a sustainable spiritual life, the sort of disciplines that renew us and keep us filled up and grounded. So today I want to talk about how to prioritize our own spiritual health in ministry. But I want to be quick to confess that with our discussion today, it isn't because of GCMI's great success and prioritizing our spiritual lives as ministers, that it might qualify our team to speak on this topic. Um, if we're qualified at all to speak, it's because of the many times we've had to repent of overextending ourselves and trying to draw from a dry well to serve others. My teammates and I are constantly having to confess the ways in which our own ministry is beginning to suffer from a lack of attention to our spiritual health. Uh, and we have to challenge one another as teammates to say no to the many opportunities that come up in our schedule and to return again to those practices which we found to be most restorative for remaining rooted in God as we work. Uh, and we've worked hard to create a team culture in which uh, it is loving to tell other people when you see them burning out and becoming unhealthy. So today I want to talk about some of the tools and rhythms we as a team are trying to utilize in order to help keep one another grounded and centered in Christ in mission work. Uh, and I want to start with a tool known as the Enneagram. Uh, I'm something of a skeptic when it comes to personality tests. It seems to me like they're often over-applied as templates for understanding the deepest parts of ourselves. And especially in group settings, I think personality tests can become a shorthand for maybe dealing reductively with one another. However, they can be helpful if we remember to use them as a more limited lens through which to read one another's actions because they can equip us as a team with a language through which to discuss our different responses and motivations in a relationship and in work. Um, so for that reason, one of the first trainings we do with all of our new teammates is to have them take the Enneagram assessment. Uh, whereas the Myers-Briggs, you know, can reveal a lot about how a person processes and makes decisions and a test like the DISC, if you've ever taken that one, can be really useful uh, in assessing certain attributes for collaborative work. The Enneagram is a personality test that's primarily concerned with the emotional rhythms and motivations that are at work within us. Uh, the profile gives us a sense 
for what desires and what fears make up sort of the polar ends of our interior lives and how we might look when we're healthy versus unhealthy along that spectrum. So at GCMI, we have everyone that comes on staff take the Enneagram test when they join us. And then we have them walk through the results with us. And we just ask, you know, where is this description, especially accurate or inaccurate with your experience and, and your life story? And once we've kind of established the ways in which that assessment is accurate, I really like the variation and the nuance that using a test like this can bring to our team discussions, because not everybody's going to look the same at our emotional highs and lows. And oftentimes, if we misunderstand the signs about a teammate's exhaustion, uh, that can lead to unnecessary conflict or to neglect. So let me give you an example of what this looks like in practice. Uh, one of my teammates is a two on the Enneagram. Uh, twos in that profile are called helpers or the helper profile. And in this assessment, uh, they are pretty servant hearted people and they like to meet the needs of others. At their best, twos can be one of your most effective ministry workers because they're just constantly wanting to serve and work on projects. So they're the first people to volunteer to do something. However, when they aren't staying emotionally healthy and spiritually grounded, twos have a hard time saying no to things. Uh, they can often need to feel needed. And serving others can sometimes become an unhealthy form of self-validation. Um, twos often serve until they've burnt themselves out and they may feel guilty and build up resentment towards people who keep asking them to do, you know, one more task, one more thing. And like in all the different profiles, this slide from health into sort of the emotional danger zone is subtle. You know, it's hard to tell someone who's constantly serving and working hard that you think they're not doing well. So compare my teammate with me. Uh, I'm a four on the Enneagram. Fours are known as the individualist profile. Uh, fours often feel isolated from others and try to be highly internal processors. And they don't generally like rules or structures and are constantly trying to do things in a new or different way. At their best, fours can be highly creative and are known for synthesizing content well in order to try and better the systems and projects that they work on. Uh, fours are also said to be the most in touch with the complexity of their own emotional lives. But when they're not healthy... They have a tendency to withdraw inside themselves and live primarily inside their own heads. Um, unhealthy fours can lose touch with reality as they get caught up in the mental commentary they have running all the time. And they need to be reminded that their perception is not reality and that they may not be so incomprehensible as they feel internally. So on the Enneagram, my, my teammates are two and I'm a four. And as you can see, there's some serious differences about what we might look like when we're healthy versus unhealthy. Um, for me to be attentive to this particular teammate's needs, I have to constantly be asking him, you know, when was the last time you had a day off? Um, when was the last time you took some time to be introspective and alone with God? But to be attentive to me, he has to constantly ask, you know, is the alone time you're taking, is that healthy processing or are you withdrawing? Um, and he has to constantly encourage me to submit to social obligations that I would otherwise blow off. Um and this is only two members of our team. You know, you get the other members of our team involved and we're all across the spectrum of the Enneagram's nine personality profiles. And so hopefully you can begin to see that we make up a complex and diverse network of impulses and habits and strengths the same way any team does. And so we shouldn't expect one another to look exactly the same at our highs and lows. But if we're going to be team with one another and really hold one another accountable to stay healthy and stay grounded spiritually, then what we're going to need is a language and a framework through which to facilitate that discussion that needs to happen. So for our team, we found that the Enneagram is a helpful tool in providing that exact kind of common vocabulary 
and a lens to use in providing support and accountability for one another. But how do we actually use this? What does that look like practically? Uh, the primary way we try to utilize this tool is by making it a habit within our team meetings of asking two questions right at the beginning every time we meet. So the first thing we say in our team meetings is, how healthy are your teammates? Uh, we found it's often the case that ministers aren't either totally aware or completely transparent about how healthy they are. Uh, when asked about ourselves, most of us will say that we're fine. We often minimize pain or stress and tend to emphasize that any bad things that may happen or may be happening, well, they're on their way to getting better. Uh, and for this reason, our team has found it's actually more helpful to answer for each other. So rather than how healthy are you, how healthy are your teammates? And if I don't know the answer to that, that already tells me something about how much attention I'm paying to the people that I work with. And if I do know that somebody doesn't seem to be at their best, then it should be my responsibility within the private and safe setting of our meetings to call attention to what I think that I see. And if I think I see something, I need to confirm it with my teammates in a group setting. I want to give the other person the opportunity to tell me that I'm misinterpreting something and to acknowledge that they are already aware of and addressing what I think I've seen in the recent past. You know, needless to say, this kind of dynamic requires a lot of trust and love, but ideally that is what we're cultivating on our ministry teams. And if we have something to address from the first question, we say, okay, how healthy are your teammates? Well, it, we're not all at our healthiest. The second question we say is, okay, how much time are you spending on your spiritual pathways? That sounds kind of like a corny thing, but spiritual pathways is the second tool we use, and it really complements the Enneagram for us. Uh, the pathways tool is an assessment of what spiritual disciplines a person finds most renewing and restorative. In the same way that the Enneagram can help give us a language to engage the different ways we manifest health or burnout, the Pathways Assessment has really helped give us a framework to understand how we go about pursuing and working through periods of exhaustion or unhealth. And it, too, has proven to be as diverse as our team is. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed from speaking with mission teams is that the most commonly talked about discipline, at least that I hear about, and sometimes the exclusion of any others, is intercessory prayer. I hear prayer talked about constantly in missions meetings and circles, but it's almost always intercessory prayer for the mission world. Uh, praying for the mission, praying for the work, praying for one another. And while intercessory prayer is critical and it's good, in my experience I haven't found that it's the primary renewing or sustaining discipline for most ministry workers. For a lot of people's personality, intercessory prayer is a part of their ministry service more than it is a restorative discipline. And when it's the only spiritual discipline we address, we often are going to end up neglecting the other ways that a person reconnects with God and finds sustainable rest in ministry. So for myself, I have a contemplative and an ascetic personality. Uh, to recharge, I need substantial amounts of time in silence and in solitude. But one of my teammates is what we call an enthusiast. She gets filled up uh, by participating in energetic and charismatic worship experiences. Another of our teammates is pretty intellectual and finds renewal in study and in private reading. Uh, and our director has an activist personality and doing sort of direct justice oriented work is an important discipline in his life for staying filled up. All of these categories we've stolen from the spiritual pathways assessment. And as you can tell, it's given us some language and categories that we can help to use to hold one another accountable for staying spiritually grounded. 
And this has also helped us know what not to try and push each other towards. Um, we tell everyone on our team when they do the pathways assessment to know what their top three results are and to make consistent time in their schedule every day if they can to engage in one of those activities. And we say the top three because it's often the case that your number one won't be available all of the time. So, for example, one of our teammates is a naturalist, which is a category in the assessment, and he finds renewal by getting out into nature and spending time with God in creation. Well, uh, there's a couple months of the year where it's way too cold in New York City for that to really be a possibility in his schedule. So he needs to know some alternative pathways for renewal when his normal life isn't going to permit that first one. And one of the ladies on our team has naturalist as her lowest score. So when we see her starting to burn out and feel unhealthy, it would be totally useless to say, hey, you should go out and spend some time outside with God. Go upstate and walk around in the woods. Uh, that would be exhausting to her. She would hate that. But we need to know that sort of thing in order to effectively learn how to serve and hold each of these individuals accountable as our teammates. So the Enneagram and Spiritual Pathways are two of the tools that we use to try to help provide a framework to facilitate our team's conversations about prioritizing spiritual health in ministry. And I mean, these aren't magic cure-alls, and I mean, we very may, we may later find better tools to accomplish the same purpose, but we found that by consistently returning to the conversation about spiritual health, and by having a common conceptual language to speak, we've better created a culture of accountability and are more aware of how to care for one another as teammates. And if you're interested in learning more about these tools, a link to both of them is included in the description of this episode. And feel free to comment with questions or useful tools that come out of your own ministry that we might use and learn from here at GCMI. I want to finish today's episode by challenging you with the same questions we ask of our coworkers here on our New York team. Uh, as you look at continuing work for the kingdom this week in your ministry, how healthy are your teammates? And how much time are you spending pursuing the disciplines that renew you. In other words, when you go out to minister this week, are you working to be a disciple that's worth reproducing? Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Global City Mission Podcast. Subscribe for more episodes, and you can learn more about GCMI at our website at globalcitymission.org or by visiting our Facebook and Twitter.